Can we be real for a moment? When was the last time we were real for a moment with ourselves? Pulling ourselves aside and reflecting from the inside out, we are a product of the actions we've openly expressed, inherited, sure, entertained, yes. What we've experienced makes up a majority of this mess of some hand-me-down characteristics and other learned behaviors of I'll never be like this, and truth is, we did. We're more products of our environment than one would care to admit because it causes air to hit upon the areas that we too often learn to abandon, too painful to remember, too shameful to deal with. We are moonlight scars filled with so much personality awaiting someone to notice our hues found at the onset of the sun saying hello or good night, depending on the time of day fading into quiet skies with occasional cloud passing by as the weather changes. So does our highs and lows thanks to pressure. Unable to predict how long this storm will stick around. How long will this storm stick around? How long must we pretend that we're okay, that we don't get tired? How long does one long suffer? How long? Long enough to know what it's like to not give up when everyone else has abandoned ship at the onset of the iceberg to look someone in the face, know their name. And the parts they've revealed are the parts we could hear even when the silence of muffled voices is too afraid to be vulnerable and recognized. The power of a choice based on fortitude, on courage, sometimes driven by fear, abandonment, giving rejection a place to stay today. Okay, tomorrow different. Today different, tomorrow okay. We sway too much like the seasons changing as the wind blows today and the leaves fall tomorrow. We change. We want to be vulnerable. We hide or open up to the wrong people, find secret spaces in the ears of those who can't carry weight. We be concerned, enduring the rain. We be different today because we prevailed too long to give up here now. At this discomfort, demonstrating our ability to remain in the fight between good and evil, between convictions and condemnation. We be strong friend, weak friend, don't know what to do, friend. Need help, friend, we ask God for strength, God for guidance. He does the will and the work within us. We cry out, no longer stifled by our own pain, no longer stifled by their own pain. We remove yoke, cast cares upon God's shoulder, pick up his burden, it's light, lighter. We listen, notice sore spots, he reveals it to heal it. We throw on shades, look the sun in the face, use umbrella when it rains, wrapped up in our own protective armor, we shall not. Wear another's armor into battle with Goliath. God equipped us with a slingshot for we be real with ourselves, knowing we are a work in progress. We be better tomorrow because we stopped and reflected today and stopped apologizing for it. You are listening to Naked and Exposed, the podcast season three, where we discover the power behind our voice, own our stories and make it look good. I'm your host, Janae. We'd be better tomorrow because we stopped and reflected today and stopped apologizing for it. What is up, you guys? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're feeling settled in 2020. I hope 2021, my gosh, let's not repeat 2020, okay? And I hope you have enjoyed the last two episodes showing up with God in friendships with Jaquan and showing up with God in loan in loneliness and rest with Eva. And so I just want to ask, like, how are you guys doing? I hope you're doing well. I hope you are allowing yourselves to see yourselves the way God sees you. And you're having these critical conversations with yourself. 
because they're imperative for who we are becoming. They're imperative for doing the heart work, having these critical conversations where we're able to be real with ourselves in a moment and recognize some of the things that just cannot go into the future, whether that is learned behaviors from our experiences, our environment, from our, our lineage. And the reality is, is when we say we'll never be like this or I will never be like this, we're actually stepping into that place of actually becoming the very thing we said we would not be. Because our, our hearts are becoming meditative on that very thing we said we would not become. Instead of saying, hey, God, I want to become who you have called me to be. I recognize that these learned habits or these passed down traits are not beneficial to your nature because I'm created in your image and likeness. And this doesn't reflect who you are. However, this is all I know because I've learned it because I can identify it in my bloodline. And it's from that place of saying, God, I want to solely be who you have called me to be, that we start to step into this transformed person that God is has, has created us to be before the formation of this earth. And it's like, we got to come out of the I'll never vows because, honey, I have made some I'll never vows. And God is just like, hey, hey, I want to deal with that. And I have posted earlier, it's a transformed life for me. If there is no fruit, do we really have relationship? If we know that fruit follows those that are in the spirit, that are living in the the spirit as stated in Galatians 5, if we know that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, I've read several different translations. So gentleness and faithfulness might be the same thing. I can't remember right now. And I might've said too many. However, it's this reality that fruit follows those that are in relationship with Christ. Like fruit is a sign of relationship. And if there is no fruit, what are we doing? If there is no peace, there's bondage. And the whole point of being in Christ and coming to know God as Father is to build up our relationship with Him, is to enter into deeper depths of intimacy with Him, is to receive the clarity that is needed from being in a place of understanding, being in a place of coming into a deeper revelation of our identity. And it's from that place we bear fruit. And that is the proof of a transformed life. That that is the proof that we are having these critical conversations with ourselves, with our communities and with the Lord so that he can show us the truth of who he has called us to be. And then it also goes, then I also went on to say, if there is no correction, is our hearts, is our heart really submitted? Because we understand that God chastened those that he loves. He literally tells us in James to, to count it all joy when we are faced with testings. It says, let's see, let's pull it up really quickly. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. 
needing nothing. It's from the place of understanding that trials and tribulations are going to come and we are to face it with from a posture of relationship because joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. You can genuinely see somebody who's in relationship with Christ based on the posture of their heart when it pertains to the fruit their lives are bearing. No, we we don't have the privilege to to understand really the heart or the intent behind people's actions or decisions. Yes, God has given some of us the discernment of spirits, good and evil. However, only God knows the true intentions of a heart. And yes, out of the abundance of a heart, the mouth speaks. Like you can kind of get a glimpse of what is this person going through in this moment, but we will never know the nitty gritty. And I thank God for that because... I couldn't, you know, I couldn't imagine being God. That's a lie, you know. This, this is me and my finite mind talking about that. I could, I, I can't even imagine. But it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing and lacking nothing. And then if we go over here to 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like, L-I-K-E, a roaring lion. That means that joker is like a teeny little pipsqueak. But he magnifies situations. He magnifies trauma. He magnifies things that should not have a stronghold over us. However, it's from the place of relationship. It's from the place of having the critical conversations with ourselves. God can bring clarity so that the fruit of self-control can be utilized in this moment when we come up against trials and tribulations, but also when the enemy tries to magnify the, the very thing that we are supposed to face with joy. And it goes on to say, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of sufferings you are. So it's this reality that each and every one of us is going through our own situations, okay? Like we're not in this alone, though it may feel like it's just us. It's really not like there are people out there who, too, are walking out their own salvation with fear and trembling and not the fear that brings punishment, not the fear that brings stagnation, not the fear that the enemy uses to bring on depression and anxiety. This is a a, a reverence, a holy reverence. Uh, oh, my gosh. I God, I just want you. I don't want nothing else. When we get to that place of getting to the end of ourselves and the flesh and realizing it's not a matter of what I want, it's a matter of what I need to become the person God has called us to be. And so I really am encouraging you guys to really have these deep, critical conversations with yourselves. Recognize the things that have been passed down through the bloodline. Recognize things that just don't align with the nature of God. And sometimes, y'all, 
people just can't go the distance. (laughs) And that too is okay. Rejection is a perception issue. See it as one, God's protection from something unseen. Two, God removing the desire to people, please. Three, God's exposure to who can and cannot go with us into our future. Four, God preparing us for a future we prayed for. Five, God transitioning us to look more like him. And reference points, read James 1, 2 through 5, and Romans 3, 5 in the Gospels for how Jesus handled persecution. A father, give a father. it's like when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do especially when he asked his disciples to stay up and pray and intercede right before he was about to go to the cross. (laughs) Can you not stay up but one hour? Can we not sacrifice? And I'm talking to myself. Our discomfort for the sake of becoming. That for the next two weeks, we may have to sacrifice our sleep. To pray, we may have to sacrifice our food. To fast, like we might have to step into this place of disciplining our flesh through the methods of fear, of fear. I was combining prayer and fasting through the methods of prayer and fasting. Like it's like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgiveness and a deeper relationship with Christ is the antidote to really these critical conversations that we have to have with ourselves. And, and when we identify the things that have been passed down and we realize that we have been looking through our lens of rejection. It's like, it's an intimacy. We receive clarity and our perspectives begin to look different. Our perspectives begin to look like him. And so it goes back to the, that the reality is a transformed life for me. And you know, a fit like how a fish is placed in a holding tank with fresh water because the current tank has become too small or it's too dirty for the fish to live in and it needs to be clean. And it's like, for many of us, this place was only temporary. Temporary providing the nutrients we needed to remain because our current environment could no longer contain us or became too tainted for us to survive in. David was never supposed to stay in Ziklag long, just a temporary holding space for the fullness of what his life's calling required because the current environment could not contain who he was to become. Yet through it all, His heart remained in a posture of process. Like the whole point of this critical conversation is for us to recognize where we are in our process and through it all to not let go of God, through it all to have the courage to see like, oh my gosh, like yet people have left us, people have abandoned us, people have rejected us. But God, what's your perspective on why these people aren't here? And look how much we've endured. Like we're still here. The double-mindedness doesn't get the glory that we will not be unstable like the seed that that is tossed to and fro, but we will be like the tree planted in Psalms 1. And it's like, yeah, we have to forgive ourselves for bringing people into our spaces that weren't mature enough to handle it. It is okay. It is okay when people don't accept us, but we all in all like have to understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction brings peace. Conviction brings repentance. Condemnation breeds fear. <laughs> and you can tell a lot, man, listen, 
bondage is a real thing. And the goal is to stay in a place of freedom. And freedom can only be found in the abundance of Christ, in the abundance of relationship with him. And to our flesh in the beginning is, oh, all these rules, I cannot do this. Oh, everybody's so critical. Well, yeah, the person's only critical to you because there's a spirit of offense operating within you. Wah, wah, wah. And it's like, how do we look at this from a different perspective? How do we look at this from a different perspective, but even recognizing like, we just want peace. We just want joy. We just want relationship. But the only way to have a relationship is to do the very thing that our flesh may buck up against because it's for the better betterment of our person. And God is just like, hey, I'm here to do the will and the work within you. Like, you're not doing this by yourself. Like, put on my, pick up my burden and my, my yoke. It's light and easy. And then recognizing that God has specifically equipped us with our own unique skill sets, our own unique talents. David couldn't wear Saul's armor into battle. <laughs> like God is strategically equipping us with our own genius. And it's from the place of authenticity that we can step into that genius. But again, it goes back to having the critical conversations with ourselves to recognize that the things that we may be doing are actually being stemmed from a place of competition or or envy. Like I'm at a place where I kind of just want to take a step back. I want to disconnect from the world. I'm a little irritable. So I need to go before the Lord and just be like, God, what is this new thing that you are putting your finger on? Like, what are you trying to do in this season? Like, I know you have made these amazing promises and we're going to testify all 2021. But right now my flesh is bucking up against the reality or against the faith. Like, I know you say you're going to do it. However, my flesh is responding differently. And I know that this is just because you're trying to take me into a deeper place of intimacy with you that, but I can also edify myself through your word. And I have journals of moments of encounter where you did exactly what you said you were going to do. And I thank you for, and it's like, just thank you, God, that we are works in process. Thank you, God, that we are having these critical conversations with ourselves that We're having critical conversations within our community and defining our friendships and roles and realizing that you are with us and that we don't have to apologize for who we are becoming, especially when we're operating from a pure and authentic place. So I hope that was helpful for you guys as you begin to have these critical conversations with yourself. And as always, if you want to chat, chat, chat it up. You can just text me at 919-568-5610 or find me on on all social media platforms at Janae Carly and that's C-A-R-L-E-E. Holla. I thank you guys for listening to today's episode and I'm hoping that you have a journal, that you've taken some notes, that you reflect and process through some of the things that we discussed today on how you can show up with God. I would love to stay connected with you. You can follow me at underscore Janae Carly on Instagram 
or just visit my website, JanaeCarly.com. Holla! Holla!